Hey everyone, welcome to the JoJo's World E3 Stuntacular, where we run down the thrills and spills of the Electronic Entertainment Expo. There is no satire happening here. <laughs> I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your crazy co-hosts. I'm, I'm Nick Ballantyne, the sane co-host. What is going on? It's what E3 is... time. Nick, you're a games journalist. Do you have opinions? Of course I have opinions. I have so many opinions. I'm also very salty. <laughs> you're also very tired. What time did you go to bed last night? Uh, 4am? Nice. I think. It's now what? Like, oh, it's the afternoon, so that's a plus. We were chatting on Facebook before we. Well, I went to bed last <laughs> night. Yes. Um, You were angrily waiting for oh, uh, some PC event to the start. The PC gaming uh, show. The PC police are like, check out our new hardware. Dude, not even. Okay, so can I just get my salt out right now? Sure. So... It started off with the Intel pre-show, okay? Oh boy! Yeah. I love processors. Oh man, I'm, I'm gonna disappoint you. <laughs> so, before it was like sponsored by AMD. So AMD would come on and be like, hey guys, we got this new like VR laptop that you can wear on your back. On your face. Yeah. And you're like, okay, what the shit? And the AMD like CEO would come out really awkwardly and just go, hi, I'm the AMD CEO. I've got this new graphics card that I am totally on board with. I'm hip with the kids. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thank God that's over. Uh, this time... Oh, and everyone, have... of course, is wearing a, um, a blazer and a t-shirt. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, because, you know, it's the PC gaming show. So <laughs> this year, So this year it's sponsored by Intel. Intel have something of a better reputation. Okay. Because they're not completely useless. Okay. So... I'm sensing a but. But they're still quite shit. So this guy comes out, I think his name was like Doug or something. Um, and he's like, hey guys, how you going? I'm like the director of Intel's like software division engineering shit. I don't care. Check out my degrees. This guy comes out and he's like, so I know you guys are keen for the gaming show, but this is going to be the Intel pre-show. We're going to talk about our new processors, the X series. They're priced extremely high, but that's because they perform. They're really good at it. So it just went on like that. That went on for like maybe 10 minutes. Okay. Where they were like, you can get the most out of your processors by using this one that we made. Buy it. It's great. Now we aren't actually a gaming coverage show, so let's speed through this. <laughs> okay. So he does that and then he goes, guys, VR, it's going to happen. No one wanted it to happen. No one cheered. So then it was like, and we're going to set up a VR esports league. Huh. Yep. All right. Sure. So that happened. Sure. And then the PC gaming show comes on. Sean Plot, aka Day9, comes out. He's like, hey guys, how you going? We're going to have some good times. Here's what's to come. Not much was to come. Okay. About eight things happened. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was watching the Devolver stream. Oh, God, uh, I wish... An archive of it. So they did a crazy... Their main press conference went for 15 minutes and it was a... Beautiful. Parody, essentially. Beautiful. They played cycle. a couple of trailers, but also there was this woman called Nina Struthers who came out and basically just mocked the idea of being a games press conference person. Beautiful. And then I was also watching their 10-hour pre-pre-show stream. <laughs> I I'm two hours into it presently. <laughs> I'm going to watch it on archive over the next few weeks as I edit the podcast. At first I thought it was entirely fake, fake uh, games talk show sort of thing. Mm. But now I've realised that at least the games they're playing are real and I'm not sure to what degree the rest of it is real, but... A high degree of it is at least fake. Well, you were telling me about the wrestlers. Yeah, at a certain point, a wrestler bursts onto the stage and they play a celebrity alert air horn and he watch, he shows them the trailer for his new movie, Boone the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> uh, then they watch that for a bit. And then another wrestler comes on and he's like, hey, 
they cut a bit of a promo for a bit and then he kicks off the that new guy kicks off the um the original co-host beats him up a bit and is like i'm running this show now oh and also there was a guy called future zeke at the start of the show and about 45 minutes in past zeke came on and beat the crap out of him and took his place on the panel <laughs> does that mean that future zeke is going to go back in time Ooh. Because past Zeke will have to become future Zeke. Yeah. So. Oh, and also around just before an hour in, um, a man with a cube-shaped mock a mask on his head hacked hacked the feed, quote unquote, and was like, "Hey, I'm Doctor Cube. I'm going to take over the world. Watch this kaiju wrestling for a bit." Kaiju wrestling. Yeah. Wait, hang on. Is it real? Like dudes in suits wrestling one another? Or there was one dude in a kaiju suit, and then six dudes dresses. Dr. Cubes from different dimensions and they fought. <laughs> okay. Watch this stream. It's good. It sounds so much better than the PC gaming show. Anyway, we are not actually a games podcast. Yeah, we practically talk about games enough to be a gaming show, but you know. <laughs> this is JoJo's World, the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast, Stunt Spectacular, where we recap the thrills and spills from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, episode 20 of Stardust Crusaders. I did not... Pull up my notes before we started recording. We are professional, high grade, high bar, high standard. Totally doing it for the love and passion of money. Well, uh, I, I, I've realised in recent weeks that I like that sort of spontaneous edge that not having pre-watched it and written out all my quotes brings along. But then that also means sometimes I forget to pull up the necessary notes in <laughs> setup. This covers chapters 171 through 174 of the manga. That's three. That's three chapters. That's average. Nick, I want to kick off this episode, so to speak. <laughs> okay. So maybe I should go back about 10 minutes with uh, a, a word from our man, author of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Hirohiko Araki. Ah, uh, wise man, wise words. Here we go. Here we go. This comes from volume eight of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Can we say it more sultrally? This comes from volume eight of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Comes from volume eight ASMR. One day when I was tidying up my home, I lost the fountain pen I had been using for six years. Panic-stricken, I exclaimed, my, I exclaimed myself, My God, what a catastrophe! I will never manage to draw without that fountain pen that has been following me for so many years! Two exclamation points. Classic. It's impossible to work! This fountain pen has always accompanied me through hard blows and joys. What will I become? By dint of search, I ended up finding a new fountain pen. Today I'm thinking, a new fountain pen? It's not so bad. I'm a jackass, aren't I? <laughs> God, he really is self-deprecating, isn't mm, he? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Poor Araki. Poor, poor Araki. He was loved by so many, but not himself. How ironic. How erotic. <laughs> How erotic. Erotic. <laughs> How erotic. We open with the OP. We have nothing new to say about it. Um, I mean, it's... It's there. Yep. Abdul's still in it. Mm-hmm. For now. What do you mean for now? After the OP, it's night time. We see the night sky. The boys are at a campfire, they're eating. The lads are at it again. Yep. Jojo is hanging out with a coffee cup like 10 metres away from everyone else in the darkness. And hanging around holding this coffee cup is basically all he does in this episode. It is, isn't it? Yeah, he has it in basically every shot he's in. He's like, uh, we're in Saudi Arabia, 8,800 kilometres from Japan. We're going to Egypt to save my mum from Dio. We've got to hurry or there'll be serious trouble. Yep, we, we know. We know that. But uh, good good thing you remembered, Jotaro. Having finished his evening constitutional, he turns and walks back <laughs> towards the camp and passes a scorpion on the way. This will be relevant later. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Ooh. Polar F side was up beside to, uh, to him and is like, hey, look at Kakyoin. And we see Kakyoin sitting there staring at his arm. And he looks very, very, very sad. Yeah. He's not doing well, Jojo. He went after that baby. Can he continue? Maybe he's cracked the pressures too much for him. 
Maybe he's the one who's dead inside. Ooh. Maybe. Camera zooms to Kakuin. Camera zooms past Kakuin to the evil baby who <gasps>, laughs evilly and is like, haha, I almost panicked when I thought he was onto me, but now he's doubting himself. We're out here in the desert. I'll wait till everyone falls asleep and kill them all. Seems like a good plan. Yeah, so- solid strategy. Though I do have to question what his end game is after he kills them all in the middle of the desert. <laughs> Well, he can't fly a plane because there's no plane. Yep. He's a baby, so he can't exactly walk. Uh, he probably can't, you know, feed himself because he is... He can't use his stand to fend for himself because mm. that only works in dreams. Yep, yep. He can't really crawl across a desert. Um, they have a radio. Can he speak? He is apparently less than one year old, so I don't know if he has the necessary... But he is a genius. He is a genius. That is true. He has enough mental acumen to have somehow become aware of and aligned himself with Dio. True, how did this even happen? <laughs> how did he manage to somehow go, you know what? Dio's a good guy. I'm gonna go work Clearly for him. Clearly Dio must have tracked him down like he did with Avdol and Kakuin. Yeah, probably. I mean, surely. Maybe. Mayhaps. Mm. If you could see my face, podcasters, you would see my face. Joseph Joestar is cooking some baby food. What's it made out of? It's made of milk, egg yolks, banana and bread all stewed together. That sounds delicious. That sounds pretty nice. That's sort of, sort of a good. bread and butter pudding thing going yeah. on. Yeah, no, that actually sounds pretty good. Yeah. You should make that. Yeah. Polar FSI was up and was like, what are you doing? Oh, it's baby food. I'm making it from... <laughs> <laughs> And Polnareff takes them and he's like, oh, that's good. Give me more. And starts trying to... Nom, 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 nom. So easy. There won't be any more for the baby. Yeah. Zoom across to the baby who's like, don't take my food, you bastard. I'm hungry. <laughs> I just love that the baby who was trying to kill them is like, how dare yeah. you. Manage I boy. I can't feed myself, you monster. Feed me. I'm hungry. Bastard. Still very much a baby. Yeah. He's still very much a child at heart. And yet. And physically. He knows how to fend for himself. Because... That scorpion from before crawls on into his, <gasps> his oh no. basket. But he's just a child. We get a lot of ominous shots of this scorpion slowly approaching him and his eyes widen with panic. And battle music starts. <laughs> yeah. With lightning fast speed. He whips off the clothespin holding his diaper together, impales the scorpion and holds up his prize. Only to see that Kakyoin saw the whole thing. And Kakyoin is just over to the side like, what the what the actual shit child <laughs> yeah you just murdered the shit out of that scorpion like nothing we see his face go from haha i'm still alive to oh, shit <laughs> back at the campfire um joseph has snatched the food away from polnareff when kakuin runs over and is like look that baby killed a scorpion and they're like what that's fucking crazy bro yeah. let's check he killed it with those tiny hands <laughs> Those tiny hands and that baby-like Those spirit. tiny presidential hands. <laughs> Whoa, we finally got there. We finally made the joke. Yep. So Joseph picks up MB. MB. Yep. I like to think MB stands for Mon Baby. Well, you know it stands for Manish Boy. Manish Boy? Manish Boy. Oh, Manish Boy. I was just like, Manish Boy? That's not what it's called. Kekyoin rummages through the basket and he can't find the scorpion impaled on the stick. That's unusual. What? Is he imagining things? Maybe is he cracking? Has he actually gone crazy? Yeah. No, because it's Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Anything could have Joseph's happened. Joseph's like, you're tired. We'll talk tomorrow after everyone's calmed down. It's been a big day. I gotta feed this fucking baby though. Yeah. So he sort of slumps off and we have meaningful shots of everyone looking at him being like, is he okay? Is he, is he actually fucking lost Do we him? need to worry about him? Should we kill him? Will he kill us in our sleep? I feel like killing him's a good idea. <laughs> so Joseph returns to it and starts trying to feed the baby. 
But despite expressing how hungry he was earlier, he doesn't want to open his mouth. And his internal monologue, he's like, there's a very good reason I can't eat right now. Oh! And I love this shot, because we're following the spoon into his mouth. Yep. Then suddenly we cut to Kakuin there in, like, a, a horse stance, smacking the spoon away, being like, Joseph, I know there's something wrong with that baby. <laughs> it's a beautiful, overly dramatic moment, isn't He's it? like, look, I found the words baby stand carved into my wrist. That proves it, right? Kakuin, you've got something to learn about logic, yeah. okay? So, so, no. Joseph goes, oh my god. Like, three times over the course of this sequence. Oh my god. God. Kakuin, did you do that to yourself? Are you? Did you crack? Do you need therapy, Kakuin? I mean, we can get you help. No, man, I don't need help. I'm great. Why? I just, need, need, to kill, I just need to kill that baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't need any, like, therapy or anything. I just need to kill myself a baby, go to sleep. It's all going to be great. Yeah. If you don't believe me, I'll use force. Pulls out Hierophant Green. And then... Charges the baby and... Cha- Silver Chariot. Chariot just appears and baps him on the back of the head with his, uh, the butt of his rapier. Knocking him unconscious. He falls in slow-mo and he has like a lot of internal monologues as he falls and everyone's watching him and he's like, Joseph, if we all go to sleep, we'll die. Polnareff, I know you should believe me, etc, etc. Jotaro, I don't even know Put what to say. Put that fucking coffee cup down. <laughs> <laughs> Your monologues aren't cool. Your one-liners are lame. <laughs> With Kakuin having been dispatched... Everyone is like, let's put him in a sleeping bag. And we cut to Manish Boy being like, I won. They lost to the disbelief in their friend. I went till they fall asleep and kill them all. So we went till they fall asleep. He spits up that scorpion over the side of his basket that was in his mouth the whole time. Yeah. Just plot point. Now he says he's going to slice them up and scatter their remains over the desert. Okay. Now I I brought that up while we were watching it. Mm. How? Not a lot of upper body strength there, Yeah, no, he's a baby. Mm. Um... So how is he going to... I mean, scattering them across the desert is a feat in of itself for a grown child. Yeah. Sure, a grown child. A fully grown child, like a Joseph. F- yeah. But for a mannish boy <laughs> like himself. Mm. Oh, it's ironic because Joseph is a boyish man. Oh, yeah, he is, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. yeah. Jotaro is more of like a... Robot. <laughs> <laughs> Polnareff is just a boyish boy. Yep. And Kakuin is... A mannish boy. Is he? Yeah. Is he a mannish boy? Yeah. Or is he a mannish man? Ooh. Yeah. There you go. These are the questions. That's what he would tell to all the mums. <laughs> I'm a mannish man, Holly. All right? If there was one person I would love, it would be you. Everyone goes Jazz. to sleep. They wake up in their sleeping bags on the teapot ride in the theme park. Now... And Joseph is like, why are we sleeping in an amusement park like a bunch of idiots? Now, I, I would agree with that because, let's be honest, if you were asleep at a theme park... You'd get stabbed, right? Yeah, carnies, other visitors. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't trust anyone at a theme park. Rats with knives. Murder clowns. With knives. I mean, security guards. Yeah, with knives. With knives! I mean, everyone has a knife at a carnival. Polnareff immediately remembers everything, and Joseph does what... Joseph do. Well, does what Polnareff did last episode, where he's like, oh, it's a dream. I'll just go back to sleep then. It's fine. Don't react how I reacted. Yeah. Baby stand, they're deep in enemy territory. Meanwhile, in reality, the baby has crawled over to the banana food and is like gluttonously licking away at it with his sharp teeth. Oh, so corpulent, that child. <laughs> he just needs a, he just needs a good, good, 
parental figure to set him straight. <laughs> if only he had some kind of mother and or father Well, he's figure. got, he's got, he needs someone who can identify with the fact that he has razor sharp teeth. So if, if only there was some sort of, um, Vampiric some sort of vampire yeah. out there who could take care of him. God, if only there was someone out there who understood his plight for wanting to eat people. Mm. You know? I've got someone. Joseph. Of course! It has to He be knows Joseph. about vampires. Exactly. He's like murdered a few. He knows their downfalls, but he knows their upfalls as well. Polnareff is walking through the dream and Joseph is all, Hey, Polnareff, you style your hair strangely? What's going on there? And the camera pans upwards and we see that Polnareff's hair just keeps going. It just goes up it's and up. It's a high top. I'm done. I'm done. I can't. Oh, oh that, was, that was bad. His hair shoots out and wraps around a couple of poles and pulls him in. Meanwhile, Jojo's chain on his school uniform starts choking him. And Joseph's hand becomes, his metal hand becomes huge and heavy. I fucking love this scene. I fucking love this scene. I love the way, the way Joseph's hand explodes in size, like one of those like foam hands you get at a, yeah. a sports stadium and then it just falls. <laughs> it's like a cartoon where like someone's running off like a cliff and then they stop midair yeah. while still running and then go, look down. The, um, the proportions of his hand, uh, it becomes like in a cartoon yeah. when someone hits their hand with a hammer and then it's like red and pulsing. It's like all swollen. But, you know, made of metal. So. Yeah. But, like, unnaturally swollen. Yeah. Mm. Cool Puffy. St- cool stuff. Puffy, but yeah. metal. <laughs> They're like, oh, no, we're in Freddy Krueger land. There are this... no rules and logic here. He'll kill us at his mercy. This is bad, guys. This is bad. Without then, logic, how will we defeat him? I like this scene before we cut away as Potter is like, no, there's one rule here. He'll kill us with his stand. And <gasps> we see shots of the scythe and the robes. And then finally a full shot of Jet 13 approaching Lally Ho. There he is. Cut to commercial. Dun, dun, dun. Do you like yogurt? Yeah, it's pretty good. Do you want Tamar Valley? I haven't had it, but I'm sure it's nice. Okay. Good talk. I'm glad we figured this out. Good commercial. Good commercial. Jojo goes to fight, as he does. Yep. And Polnareff exposits about how you can't summon your stand here, but Star Platinum shows up. Oh. That's unusual. Maybe maybe Jojo has some sort of special special iron will that lets him do this. Maybe because his favourite colour is transparent, he sees through the illusion Mm, before. Yeah. Yeah. But no... Quote unquote star platinum turns and starts punching Jotaro, who, to his credit, is doing a decent job at blocking it. <laughs> and I mean, you know, he looks about the same right up until he starts to smile. Yeah. Star platinum grabs a frying pan and he's just laughing away, hitting himself in the face in it, and his face is becoming different shapes. Like it's round at one point, another point it's kind of hexagonal. And he's just like, doink, doink, doink. And it just keeps going for a very long time. Yes. And then his head spins around and turns into another Death 13 head. And it's like, oh, there's two of them. But they never, that never comes up again. Oh. Okay. You know, the other one just kind of goes away, if you hadn't noticed. It's an illusion, Michael. Yeah. Death 13 exposits that dreams are the spirit unguarded uh, and, sta- uh, and stands are a manifestation of the spirit. So okay. see, when you're in your dream, Death 13 has surrounded it and suppressed your spiritual energy. Uh-huh. So... You can't summon your stands in it. If only they had summoned their stands before they slept, he says. Huh. If only there was someone who tried using their stand before he got knocked it. <gasps> now, there's a really good moment here. He's still he's still bragging. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Death 13 will never face another stand. Go ahead and scream for me. Give me a scream that symbolises how happy and refreshed I feel. And he starts doing his lally-ho. And then Hierophant Green just sort of edges into frame and taps him on the shoulder and goes, Lally Ho. Yeah, except really calmly, where yeah. he's just like, Lally Ho. And he's like, oh, it's that fake one I made. And then Hierophant Green starts choking him, because it's not a fake, it's Kakyoin's real one. Camera 
pans over to height to Kakuin sitting super casually in the teapot with color shifted so his hair's white and he's like, yo, sup dudes, I'm here to kill this baby. <laughs> Guys, I know what you're thinking. There's a baby on the loose. But don't worry, <laughs> Kakuin infant killer, whatever his first name is. Noriaki. Noriaki is here to save the day. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, he talks about how he realised as Polnareff was knocking him out. Mm. I don't know why we didn't hear this in his internal monologue if he realised it at the time. I mean, there was no reason to (laughs) exposit that, was there? uh, That if he was knocked out with his stand active, he could bring it into the dream. And so he did. And we see that he's clinging to Death 13's back and choking it. And we see the baby still holding the banana spoon, choking in real life. (gasps) Oh, my God. Time for your punishment, baby. Ooh, hello. That's what he says. Wait, does he? I think so. I thought he just said, yeah, it's time to die. Yes, it says, if you keep resisting, I'll break your neck and I'm in your blind spot. Ah, yes. Yes, true. He is in his blind spot, so we can't attack him with the scythe. Demands an apology. Uh, the literal worst weapon, shock horror, doesn't work very Mm -hmm. well. In reality, managed boy starts to gloat and he's like, oh, Kakuin, you're underestimating me because I'm a baby. Your weak-minded naivety will be... You're downfall. Exactly. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there was also a moment where, um, I really like this, where as he was choking him and they were at a stalemate, essentially, or Kakuin was winning, um, Kakuin starts complimenting Polnareff, being, uh, Polnareff apologises for for not believing in Kakuin. Yeah. And Kakuin says, no, it's okay, if you hadn't knocked me out, I wouldn't have been able to bring my stand into the dream. So really, this is kind of you really helping me out, Polnareff. And Polnareff gets really flattered and is like, oh, I get a bit embarrassed when you put it like that. And we cut to reality and he's just grinning this huge grin in his sleep. Oh, it's so good. He looks so pleased with himself. (laughs) He's like, yeah, it's me. (laughs) I did it. I saved everyone. Get it? Because I'm the guy who punched him in the back of the head. All the sky in the dream world starts moving at an alarming rate. The sky? Do you mean the clouds? Well, rather than just the clouds moving, it struck me as like sort of, you know, when you see time-lapse shots of the sky and then it all goes... Because the colour starts changing too. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. All the clouds form into a big arm. A big-ass arm. Big-ass cloud arm that grabs the scythe from Death 13 and is like, I'm going to kill you now, Kakuin. Just remember, there's no rules or logic in, in dreams. dreams. Hence, an arm is the most proficient use of no rules, no logic. He slices... And dices. No, he just slices. Oh. Horizontally across Death 13's bod and Kakuin's. What? Cutting him in half? Oh, no! We don't see Kakuin's lower half. Hierophant Green falls away from an instant from Death 13 and Kakuin stumbles and falls. Oh, no. And the cloak that Death 13 wears falls away to reveal that the stand itself is actually just the head, sort of mechanical shoulders and the arms. Which is dope. Yeah, and a big old cloak, I guess, but that doesn't really count. So good. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good. That's pretty. That's a pretty right. good. That is a pretty good. Yeah. That's an pretty good. Managed boys like Kakuin should be split in two in his sleeping bag. Let's check it out. Back in the dream, Kakuin stands back up and he's like, "I'm just fucking with you, man." <laughs> what? <laughs> Look closer at Hyperfant Green. He hasn't been cut in half. He's been unraveling his lower body and pouring it into Death Thirteen's ears. Of course. It all makes perfect sense now. And we get a close-up of the tendrils that his lower body are composed of sliding on into 
the ears and the, eventually his whole body goes in there and Death 13 opens his mouth and we see tiny Hierophant Green in there like when he possessed the nurse back in his introductory arc. Yes. Yes. This is a bit weird though because he makes a lot more splashing sounds. <laughs> so... He's always yeah. been kind of goopy. He has been very liquidic in nature, but <laughs> at the same time... Ugh. Yeah. Uh, and Death Eddie's like, oh, he's making me move my arm. Oh, no. This is bad. Yeah. I don't like moving my arm when I'm not in control. So Kakuin has won. <laughs> he's like, yeah. you know... He's possessed Death 13. Yeah. I'll kill you if you try anything, basically. Uh, anything can happen in dreams. Heal this wound on my arm. <laughs> Death 13... Naturally goes, all right, can do. And so he does. What? That, that's so stupid and great. I mean, the, the wound is made in dreams, so that makes a degree of sense, I guess. But also just the idea of... But why would he help him? What they should have done, what they should have done is taken uh, death thir- taken this little boy to Holly. Right. Put a death 13 in her ah. dream and been like, fix her up. <laughs> yes, if only it wouldn't take them... How long did it take to get here? Four weeks? Yeah, something like that. Four weeks TikTok, to get TikTok, boys. <laughs> it's the next morning. It's... Kakuin has made everyone breakfast, uh, sausages and eggs. Oh, and pancakes. Yes. Uh, everyone else is washing in the nearby river in the desert. Look, don't think it too... F- I mean, oases. I mean, you know, it's... it's a They place. crash into a palm tree. Palm trees have oases. Yeah, true, oasis, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Liam Gallagher's there. <laughs> Liam Gallagher? From Oasis. Oh, God. And they're all like, oh, we had terrible dreams last night. We can't remember them, but they were terrifying. We know they happened, and they were terrifying. What they were, though, a mystery forever. Or is it? Ponoff is like, oh, Kakuin, are you alright? You went nuts last night, and you had those letters carved in your arm. And he's like, did I? Holds up four arms. They're not there. They're not there. Which means... It was an illusion. It's an illusion, Michael. Kakuin is being very well behaved this morning. Uh, We're all very proud of how far he's come along lately. In the sense that he's not insane. He's made the baby food. He's like, I'm going to go change the baby and feed it. Oh, okay. So he walks over to the baby. Baby still has a horrified expression because it still has Hierophant Green in its head. Yep. In a sort of metaphysical sense. Yep. And uh, basically Kakuin is like, you listen to me, you little shit. All right. You make one wrong move. I fuck you up. Yeah. We're going to drop you off at the next town. Uh, If we ever see you again, I'll murder you. And the baby's like, okay. Understood. Yeah, and then he's in not in so many words, but Kakuin is basically like, okay, little fucker, <laughs> eat shit. So he takes the diaper, yep, which is a, filled it, with a line of poop, a line of a very shit. neat line of poop. It is, isn't it? It's like disturbingly yeah, he takes, neat. He takes a mm-hmm. teaspoon. Would you? Yeah, I'd say, say a teaspoon. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Just takes a spoonful of that little poop, mixes it on in into the uh, egg yolks, banana, uh, bread, and milk. Such sweet broth. Mm-hmm. 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 Delicious, delicious. I immediately went, oh no, Polnareff's going to eat it. But that doesn't happen. Don't worry, doesn't happen. Joseph comes over to take over with the feeding because he's the most... Old? Is he the most responsible adult left now that Abdul's dead? I mean, I think we can both say Kakuin is the most... But he's not an adult, he's a minor. Wait, how old is he again? Like he's in 16? high school. Is he 16? 15? 18? 18? That's drinking age. <laughs> That's fine. That's yeah, responsible-ish. That's grim. Ooh. I'm going to get a babysitter or something on this trip. <laughs> they need to get a responsible, like, forward-thinking adult that isn't Kakuin. Yeah. And then he just then, yeah, feeds him. Joseph is like, 
Open wide. Oh. It's oh. going to be delicious. Oh, here comes the airplane. No, oh no, don't. I'm crashing it. No, I'm not eating this. <laughs> I'm a baby. How dare you? Well, if you're being so fussy, if you don't eat soon, we're going to have to force feed you. You need your nutrition, baby. No, no, I don't need food. Polar F comes over and he's like, oh, I know what to do. If you, if you try to force him, he'll just grow to resent you for it. So what we need to do is we need to make it fun. Yeah, so he tickles him until he laughs and opens his mouth and Joseph just jams that poop spoon right on in. The screen cuts to black and we hear a large gulp. And we know what's happened. Yep. Oh boy, do we know. Once a shit eater, always a shit eater. (laughs) Oh god, it's so literal now. Cut to Kakuin looking into the camera. Uh, Jotaro in the background holding his coffee cup. Kakuin goes, Badum tish. And Jotaro looks over and goes, hmm. Because he's stolen his joke. Classic Kakuin to be continued. No. No? There was an ad break here. Oh shit, there was! And then we get another little uh, epilogue. <gasps> it's true, we do. They've uh, passed through the Arabian Peninsula and are g- travelling in a boat on the Red Sea towards Egypt. Ooh. But, what? but, Jotaro's like, old man, we're supposed to be going west to Egypt. What's going on? Joseph is like, yeah, I have my reasons, you little shit nerd. We need to go straight to that island. We're taking a detour to meet someone. Someone extremely important to this journey. Who could it be? Holly? Dio? Another character? A new character? Find out next time on JoJo's World. To be continued. I have a theory. As Nick, to we'll get to that in the due course. God damn it. Okay, fine. We have a dedicated segment for this. All right. Highlights and lowlights for this episode, Nicholas. Um, okay. Highlight is most definitely Kakuin. Just whenever he has a chill face... Mm-hmm. Like the last face was like Badum Tish or Hey guys, how you going? I'm sitting in a teacup. Yeah, sitting in teacup, smug, victorious Kakuin is definitely my my yeah. top moment. Like, the moment he has his stand out in this episode in the dream, there's, there's not a That's moment it. where he's not in control of the situation. Yeah, he's just like, Hey guys, guess what? I know exactly how this is gonna go. Slowly down. sidle him on up to to death thirteen and fuck with him, steal his catchphrase. It's like turns out blind spot. Fucker, choke, choke, choke. Yeah. Lowlight? Hmm. I would have to say the shit eating. Yeah, I'm inclined to real. agree. It's just, too real. Just the prospect, because the way, the degree to which they describe the baby food mm. and using a bunch of staple foods, it's very too easy to imagine what it tastes like. I mean, yes, but I've and never then, eaten and, shit. So. No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> it's very easy to imagine what the baby food tastes like. Oh, right. And then... That becomes that much more tactile to the yeah, to the viewer, and then true. the the prospect of adding just a you know a spoonful of shit in there <laughs> to help the medicine go down. <laughs> oh man, no one's ever made that. It's joke very before. visceral. Yeah, it it's is. visceral. It's um relatable. Yeah, what are some more gaming buzzwords? Uh, it is tactile, yep. visceral, kinesthetic. Uh, if you're in the VR world, it's hype. It is so hype. My God, it is fresh. It is tasty. Steaming. It is. St- Steaming hot yeah, I've right now. myself out. Let's move on. <laughs> Nick. Yes. Want to ask you. What? What do you think's going to happen next time on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 3, Stardust Crusaders, in the episode entitled mm-hmm. Judgment. Judgment? Judgment. Judgment? It's one of the tarot cards. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Wasn't Judgment one of the really big ones? I don't know what you mean. Like, um, you thinking of Justice? Yeah. So, like, you had Justice, Judgment... And I'm really not sure what you're driving at here okay, when you mind. say one of the really big ones. Well, wasn't there one that was like, when you were describing one of the arcana, it was like, this is one of the really big, like, forces of the universe, like justice or judgment. I don't recall that. 
Excellent. I am doing so well. Okay. Judgment. Heading Judgment. towards an island to meet a mysterious individual. Individuals, is it? Individual. Oh, well, that's suppose... individual slash S. Well, I mean, I suppose I know who one of the individuals is going to be. Do you now? Liam, for the last however many weeks, mm-hmm. I've been mocked, ridiculed for my theory that Abdul is still alive. And now, at last, I have a possible moment where Abdul could be alive. Could be. Could be. I reckon Abdul's on this island. Okay. How and why? Right. So, knowing that Abdul was almost killed, Joseph and Jotaro plotted together to ensure that Abdul would reach Egypt a different way, so that the risk that Abdul, who was the only one that knew where Dio kind of is, and knew his way around Egypt, didn't die in the, like, you know, process. Okay. Because they know if they kill Abdul, they kill off any chance of finding Dio. Sure. Basically. Because Egypt is a big place. I mean... How do you recognise a bug? Also, a stand that can just shoot fire everywhere is pretty... Yeah, that's pretty good. Is vampy. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, almost as good as punching it a thousand times, <laughs> but, you know, not quite as good, I assume. Now, I do have one potential question that may torpedo this theory of yours. Uh-huh. Go on. How do you think this relates to... This, this individual they're going to see relates to the uh, sixth star in the OP? Shit. Shit. Uh, 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 mm, um, okay, the sixth star, you say. You recall that shot? Where there are those five stars flying from Japan to Egypt, and then way off to the right of the screen, there's a sixth one just kind of going, whoo. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Give it some thought, Nikki. Hmm. Well, Abdul's probably going to be there. There is no doubt in my mind Abdul's probably going to be there because, you know, they want to keep him alive. But maybe he's there with another dude. Maybe... They just picked up some random straggler and was like, hey, you. Oh, it's Hull Horse. He's, it's pre- Hull Horse. he's best friends with Abdul now yeah. after he tried to kill him. Hull Horse comes on down. He's like, hey, man, sorry about that. It was just business. By the way, I'm stealing your car again. I do technically need to kill you, but you know what? You can shoot fire. You're an all right guy. Let's go to this weird island in Egypt. Um, Maybe it's Joseph's mum. Lisa, Lisa. That would be cool. It's not, but that would be cool. Damn it. Um... Also, she probably wouldn't have... Oh, she would have a stand, I guess. Maybe? She would have capacity for one, certainly. Yeah, because she's part of the Joestar bloodline. And no, she's not. Oh, damn. Remember, she was yeah, the baby... George, on, she yeah, was, She was the baby on yeah. the, the boat that... Yeah, true. Arena... That's fucked up, right? Marrying your adopted sibling, even though you weren't raised by them, I guess. She was raised by straights. Never mind. Oh, I think there's plenty of porn videos to disagree with that. That's not... <laughs> uh, no, anyway. Uh, do you have any thoughts on what or who... Judgment? Yeah. Hmm. Judgment. Judgment. Well, I mean, obviously they're always being tracked. Like, Of course. They're always being tracked. Stand users are tracked other stand users. Yeah. So maybe Judgment is like a tour guide on this island. Because it feels like you don't come across many islands in the 80s that haven't already been discovered. So you have like maybe some people living on an island or like it's a tourist destination to go on this island just be like, yeah, so you can see here, there's this thing here. So maybe there's like a tour guide there. So they stop to take a tour on their their urgent journey to save Holly's well, life. Well, maybe they don't stop for the tour, but the tour guide is there. Either that or there's just a guy on a boat. Okay, we've already had a guy on a boat. Kind of twice if you count an orangutan. Okay, different kind of boat. Like a speed boat. Uh, and the speed boat just, you know. Boat battle. Yeah, boat battle, that's it. Uh, okay, no, no, it has to be better than that. It does have we to be have, better than that. We have higher expectations of this show. Judgment. 
part one, you say? Part one. Okay, they're going to go to this island. Yep. They're going to get there, no worries. Yep. Because apparently they have no issue getting to places. Because I thought, oh, well, they're not going to leave that village. They just left the fucking village. Um, they're going to go on into a cave. Maybe someone from the Speedwagon Foundation is there. Maybe. But it's way more likely to be Abdul. Way more likely to You're be Abdul. You're losing the track. So then Abdul is like, hey, look, we need another member. We need another Stardust Crusader. Here's this guy I found. Oh, he'll join us. Yeah. And he has a posse. And he's all like, yo, I'm this guy. Check out my stand judgment. No. Oh. No. So this guy is going to be like, yo, guess what? My stand is this other random tarot card. Right. Uh, but my posse There here... are three other ones we've yet to see. Are there? Mm. Ooh. Uh, so then he's going to have two people in his posse. And they're both gonna... I don't know. I have no idea what the other guys are gonna be. But basically, we're gonna meet up with this guy. And he's gonna be like, yo, what up? I'm a cool guy. I'm joining the team too. I'm joining the team too. Nick, this doesn't answer any of my questions about what judgment is. God damn it, I don't know. Okay. Um, okay Give me a power. Hmm, judgment, judgment, judgment. Maybe... Okay, so we've had dreams. Yep. We've had fog. <laughs> dreams and fog. Uh, mind control. Mind control. We've had... Mind, mind control. Yeah, with um, Dan Steele. Oh, wait, no, that was pain. That wasn't mind control. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe we'll have mind control. Maybe we will. Or possession, at least. That was Kakuin. Yeah, that's Kakuin. Never mind. Uh, we've had seeing stuff, clairvoyance. We've had punching things. We've had Chucky. We've had Chucky. We've had the blob. We've had Freddy. Alien. We've had alien. Uh, we've had... Orangutans. Orangutan. We've Ghost had ship. Swamp Thing. Hmm, what other horror movies are left? Have we Dracula. Been... <laughs> you laugh. I mean, Dio. Oh, yeah, true. Werewolf Man. The Mummy. Werewolf Man. Frankenstein's Monster. Ooh! Maybe Judgment could be Frankenstein's Monster. Okay. Because, you know, people judge him, so he judges them the fuck back. Are we talking about, like, sort of almost justice-like revival of the dead? Or... No, I'm thinking this guy just puts things on his body. Like dead corpses and stuff. Oh, like a a, a Warcraft abomination. Yeah, basically like that. So he's like, I live here. Fuck off. (laughs) I don't want anyone judging me. Alright, and then... Jojo punches him to death. Exactly, because he tries to kill him. Yep. As is classic Jojo fare. Okay, that seems pretty comprehensive. Abdul's coming back, baby. Got a piece of uh, listener correspondence I want to address on the podcast. Just pulling it up on my there iPad. I swear, if Abdul doesn't come back next episode... This is Apple Steel. That's what a guy on the Revolver stream said when he was threatening to hit one of the wrestlers with his laptop. (laughs) One of the guys from the Devolver stream, I swear he's... um. He plays a guy in the Dark Heresy roleplay thing that I watched one time. Is his name John Carnage? That's the only guy's name I know. Oh my god, John Carnage. Apparently. Jesus. Jojo Junkie, at JJBA Junkie, uh-huh. wants to know, um, A, what's my favourite stand battle from all of part three? Okay. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to be able to go into too much detail there oh. uh, when it comes to things we haven't seen yet. Okay. And B, do I prefer uh, the, the tarot-themed battles or the Egypt ones that come... In the Egypt arc. Wait, they're different well, we're, we're running out of tarot cards, as I mentioned. Yeah, but aren't they just going to be new iterations of the same old... That's not how it works, Nick. Oh, <laughs> shit. Okay. I suppose that makes a lot more sense than what I was thinking. Yeah. I'm Dark Blue Moon 2. This time, I've got four arms on my fish, man. <laughs> hey, guys. Dark Blue Moon 3 here. This time, I'm a cyborg fish. Hey, guys. Check it out. It's me, Chucky 2. Bride of Chucky. Hey, guys. Back at it again, Judgment Part 2. I'm Frankenstein's monster, but again. Hey guys, it's me, Dan of Steel. 
back for revenge, and this time, I've got a cyborg eye. <laughs> hey guys, just here, whole horse, guess what? Same dude. Yeah, just whole horse for you. I mean, I don't know what else you want. <laughs> what do you want from me, Jojo? <laughs> I am perfect in every way, guys. Like, I bone everything I see. <laughs> So I don't really have a favourite per se when oh, it comes to... fucking, come on. <laughs> but I think, and I had some conversation with Jojo Junkie, yeah. and uh, they expressed the same sentiment that everything from... How do I put this without giving too much away? Everything from the point where they... Get good. Sort of enter the climax of the, of the story. Right. There's just a solid series of battles there that I basically find very little fault with. Okay. And there's also um, one... Immediate, uh, a little while before that, uh, involving a gentleman called Darby. That Darby. I feel like that's the least spoilerish way I can okay. explain that, but people will know what I'm talking about. That I, it's very popular for good reason as a example of a stand battle that is very different from the stuff we've seen to this fair, but is much better. Okay. In that it's not just like a punch him up. Ooh. Ooh. So I think to turn to the more broader question now, mm. uh, tarot versus Egypt stuff. I think they both have their high and low points. I, I'm a big fan of the devil and... Uh, Which one was the devil? The, the Chucky situation. Uh, the Chucky. And Death 13 is certainly pretty good too. Oh, Death 13. That classic manoeuvre by Kakuin. And, the, and you know, then on the other hand, you've got some things that we didn't care for. Like we didn't particularly like that sea arc. Um, <laughs> similarly, there are a couple of low points in the Egypt stuff that don't really do it for me. But uh, we'll get to that. I think in general, you start seeing more... Confrontations that aren't, you know, dumb, knock down, drag out brawls. Oh, okay. Uh, and are uh, more logical, a little more, cl- a little cleverer. Uh, and I think, clever. I think it, it, it's indicative that Araki is sort of getting a better handle on the stand battle format. Yeah, he's sort of going a little bit more crazy. Yeah, and he's just like, man, what if this happened? Oh, and you, you've, we've started to see some things like that towards the end of this tarot. Yeah, we're we going to you know, dreams. Death thirteen. Yeah. Uh, what was before Dan that? Dan of Steel. Dan of Steel. Yeah. Yeah, they're all pretty like, oh, so if he hits him... Whereas compared to, say, Orangutan. Kakuin, Polnareff, Orangutan, and Dark Blue Moon, where it's just, hey, let's battle. Yeah, true. And then it's like, I tunneled underground. Yep, that was that fight. Yeah. As opposed to, but I need to get the stand into there in order to beat him. So, you know, I really enjoy the, the a couple of those, at least, so... Uh, does it turn more into, like, uh, if I can get my stand to this bit then I win, because it's kind of a given that if I get my stand here, then yeah, of course I'm going to beat him up. Uh, in some cases, yeah. Yeah. Because it feels quite good where it's like, well, obviously I'm going to win if I get Like, there. the situation where, that we we made fun of in the Avdol and Polnareff battle, where it was like, oh no, Super Chariot is so fast, how can we hit him? Just just set Polnareff on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Things sort of start taking a bit more of a turn in that direction sometimes. Excellent! Yeah, like, we've got to get to the stand user and beat him up before his stand kills us. Just set him on fire. <laughs> Just, I know, just set Egypt on fire. Easy. Yeah, so there's that. Dope. Get hype. I think that sort of brings us to the end of the episode. Ow. I don't know why I just slapped myself in the face, but... Gotta keep you awake. Don't drive tired. Oh, God, I have to stay so awake. If you too want to correspond with us, you can like JJBAJBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBB
I have very mixed opinions on it, honestly. I everyone does. Well, I have no, I have no interest in the Rabbids as a property. Yeah. But I am big into sort of your Mario spin-off games and Call Mario games too, of course. Sure. And I, I, I am kind of charmed by the idea of like Mario XCOM, but but like what? Is that the best they could come up with? <laughs> like, hey guys, hang on. It's Mario. He's a beloved Nintendo character. We've got Peach. We've got Yoshi. We have got... a rabbit dressed up like each of them. Now, this is adorable. What can we do with it? How about we have them, like, shoot each, each other? each other. Greg, I don't give raises often, but today you fucking earned it. <laughs> like, Greg, what? clear out your desk. You're fine. And move it to the next floor up. You got a promotion. You're my boss now. <laughs> Greg, listen, I don't say this often, but you are the greatest human being on the planet. Godzilla is outside. He wants to lick you, okay? Greg, I could kiss you, and I will. I'm going to jail for workplace sexual harassment. Bye. Yo, it's Greg here. Greg, listen to me. I'm in jail right now, but I'll tell you one thing. You've done a good job getting me in here. I don't know where that could possibly go. When I hired you, you said you'd take me down one day, and you were right, Greg. Well played. Hey man, no offense, but like, I only just came up with like one idea. Like, it, it's not that great. We haven't even made it yet. Like, it, it's not even done. We just made the trailer. Greg, shut your damn mouth and go to E3 and put on your best t-shirt and blazer and sell this piece of shit. <laughs> okay, thanks Dave. <laughs> Goes to E3. The end. <laughs> it's the loop that never ends. Until next time. To, to be, be continued. continued. There is nothing better about Batman than the fact that he is just Batman. Yeah. <laughs> like, you've got Nightwing who's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm Nightwing. I'm Dick Grayson. I'm... Yeah, he's Dick Grayson, that's fine. I like yeah. to... I'm, I'm the one from the carnival, I think. Yeah. I think that's the one. Yeah, because it was the Flying Graysons. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got fucking Terry McGuinness, who's Batman Beyond. Oh, okay. Who's I mean, like, you've you got know, like... He's okay. Oh, what's that fucker's name? Um, he's like, hi... The Joker killed me with a crowbar, but I'm not actually dead and I, I wear a mask. I was Robin for a while, but now I'm the Red Hood. The Red Hood? Yeah, what's my name? Uh, Jason Todd. Sure. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, yeah, Jason Todd. Hey, I'm Jason Todd. Two first names, never trust them. And then there's like, hey, I'm Damian Wayne. I'm Batman's oh, yeah. son. Or no possibly. one likes me. Yeah, literally no one likes Damian Wayne because he's shit. <laughs> It's just like, you got Bruce Wayne who trained for years and years and then Damien Wayne just shows up and he's all like, yeah, I'm Batman. You're like, fuck off, Damien. And then Barbara, Barbara Gordon yeah, Barbara is like, Gordon. Yeah. Dad, how did you know that I was Batwoman? And he's like, I'm a detective. <laughs> <laughs>